HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague. My co-host Damon Bolte is off in California, um, but that's okay. Uh, he's, he's living the good life out in Cali, and I'm I'm living the the New York life here, in the rain and the humidity. Um, but today, a couple special guests in the studio uh, that are going to make up for that lost voice. Uh, we got uh, Rocky Ye, who is the uh, ah, fuck. I remember the one word. Shays. Yeah, uh, Guardian de Shay. Guardian, Guardian de Shay, the guardian of the cellars at Maison Ferrand. Uh, and then Donnie Ronan, owner of Academia in uh, Austin that opened on the Ides of March of this year. It's a new bar. And he's also, uh, and no one got stabbed that day. Oh. <laughs> and he's also um, are you a founding member over there at uh, uh, Unlimited Liabilities. Yes, my partner and I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Uh, so two you know, stalwarts of our business happened to be in town and decided to come join me on the show today. Welcome to the studio, guys. I came for the us. pizza. Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Actually, the watermelon salad. Okay. Good end of summer. You got to get that watermelon salad yeah. in when you can. Uh, Rocky, you've been in and around this business for a long time. Yeah. Some days feels a lot longer than others. But you made, you made a, 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 what I'm finding more and more, more, more of these interviews that I do, a somewhat common jump. You were in tech mm-hmm. right before this. What made you make the leap from tech to this, other than the obvious lure of drinking alcohol and having a good time all the time um well i mean that was i don't know that was a pretty huge part of it uh you know it i was really i was at a point in my life i was just ready for a change and i've been tech was kind of a stopping point i'd gotten out of medicine and went into tech to you know just to pay the bills for a while and then you know um 2008 came along and uh, you know, the economy crashed and budgets were being, you know, slashed left and right. 
mm-hmm. and the handwriting on the wall. I mean, I was working for the University of Washington at the time, and it's like, well, why do you, you know, why work for the state when you get paid less and you work almost as many hours as, it's like, oh, well, you know, there's things like other benefits, and but those are going away. I was like, all right, well, then I'll take that voluntary uh, layoff and, you know, see, uh, see what else is out there, and lo and behold. What was your first foray into the spirits industry? Vessel? Vessel. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was uh, Jim Romdahl's unpaid intern barback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the funniest part about that is there were a lot of people in town who were upset about why couldn't they be Jim's unpaid intern barback. I was like, really? There's it's a competition co- for this? It's a coveted position. <laughs> yeah. The unpaid intern barback. I want to get vessel. yelled at and not paid. In That's 2000, cool. in 2008. Right. <laughs> Uh, wow. And you stuck with it. That's the crazy part. Right. He didn't drive you. He didn't, he didn't dash your, your hopes and dreams of being in this business. And, and he, in, in fact, sort of somehow lit a fire under you. No, I mean, that and, you know, he and I are very similar kind of crazy. So, you know, it worked. Mm. Sounds like a sweet relationship. I'll have to compare notes on the crazy that you two are later. Mm. Uh, so, so you interned Barback for Jim mm-hmm. for how long? Um, let's see. So... Overall, probably like two, two and a half years at Vessel, um, you know, all together. And then um, I made all sorts of weird jumps. I got a gig managing, opening and managing um, a restaurant and doing their bar. And <laughs> so you went from unpaid intern bar yeah. back to manager of new restaurant right. bar program. Right. And, <laughs> you know... So, it's, <laughs> to, suffice to say, an unusual track. Right. Uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, wow, I had no idea, you have no idea until you do it how just far over your head you are. And then the moment you make that leap, you're like, I'm screwed. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, I was asked to be an instructor when I was a chef. I was asked to be an instructor at the New England Culinary Institute up in Montpelier, Vermont. And I took the job and I realized, wow, these, these students coming into class are really smart. Mm-hmm. But I realized pretty quickly, if I was just one day ahead of them, I was, I was God. Right. As long as I'm one day of information ahead of you, I know everything. I, so that first year, I was there for two years. That first year was a scramble. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I can imagine the same thing, right? You just try there, to there was that, keep I your mean, head above water. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly um, like when I was in college and I was a, I was a math and science tutor. I was, I was tutoring classes I hadn't taken yet. So I was like in the book like the day before. Yeah. My, you know, my students too. Yeah, exactly. I went backwards on that in in doing uh, in high school and in, in tutoring um, predominantly math. It actually helped me on the SAT because it was stuff that we hadn't done for two years already. Right. The, the questions they were asking, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty helpful." Mm-hmm. Danny, how'd you get your start in our field? Uh, I was mostly unpaid intern for Jim Romdahl, but <laughs> um, the connection is made. Yeah, I uh, I started a. a Oh, wait a second. We can say shits and giggles on the show. You say whatever you want. Oh, fantastic. This is a a subscription show right here. Awesome. We're live on the air, though, right now. I hope that all five subscribers really enjoy this. This is going to be great. (laughs) Um, I I was doing uh, sort of for shits and giggles on the side. I was also in IT, and and I just... the parallels are striking. One of, one of my dearest friends, uh, well, yeah, and, and the Jews and the Chinese. I mean, right. if, if we didn't invent it, they did, and, you know, that whole thing. And we do each other's taxes. Exactly. You'll exactly. basically eat anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> you going to use that part of the animal? Okay, great. Okay, cool. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so 
it, I just I had always loved wine. Like one of my best friends, um, her her dad was a longtime uh, editor for Bon Appetit, wine and spirits mm-hmm. uh, editor, and introduced me to wine at a point that like I didn't even like alcohol. I mean, my parents didn't drink growing up, and um, was never like really introduced to anything, much less things that were great. And so I I jumped a lot of steps just by trying that. But but he wasn't. Um, although he liked, you know, fancy things, um, he was very sort of like feet on the ground and, and, you know, we talked a lot about like tasting and what that actually means. And honestly, like I became, uh, incensed one time I was in, in DC and there was a, just, we just had an experience with a, a Psalm who's just kind of an asshole and defeated the entire purpose of being the Psalm, which is he's supposed to be that gateway between the guest and the product. I mean, they're, I don't want to say glorified salespeople because they, there's a lot of knowledge and, and, and experience that goes into being a really great sum. But really, it's to let me figure out who you are and guide you to the thing that's best for you. Yeah, like, exactly. If you, you want to upsell once in a while, that's fine. This guy was, was very bad at his job. And, I, and also, as someone had very limited knowledge at that time, I was you know, 23, 22, uh, very limited knowledge. I was like, why do I know that he's bullshitting? Right, right. I you should, sense I should, it. You can smell it on him. Yeah, I'm like, I shouldn't know that, right? And so that was the kind of thing where we just started creating these experiences uh, for people who predominantly, I mean, at the time, just wine, where we would like um, either put together, uh, you know, a wine tour uh, based on an actual, like, grape variety um, or on a, a region that made sense. We weren't, like, drinking Cab at 11 a.m., which you see often in, you know, in Northern California. And, uh, and that's really okay. I'm like, it should be something where you're not intimidated to ask for something based on what you know. And if you don't know that much, no big deal. As long as you can express what it is that you like. It doesn't matter if you don't even know the names of the grapes. You're like, I had this brand one time and I really liked it. And it was, you know, is super fruity and, and big, but, you know, dry finish. Just something like a descriptor to allow the person to put them in, a, in, a, in, in the seat of um, enjoyment. Sure. Yeah. Any 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 clues you can give me, I can guide you from there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and anyone who's worth their you know uh, their salt can can easily do that. Yeah, the target is huge. I can get you something you're going to like. Yeah. Next time you come in, now we've got to build some trust together. Maybe I can get you something that's a little outside your comfort right. zone. Following time, maybe I can really push you to try something you may not have ever even thought right. of. But I, based on what I know of you, we'll build a, a rapport, and that way I can understand that you, right. even though you've never even thought of this, you'll like it. Well, and the, the key word that you said is trust. And this was an era that's the, that's where the psalm was like up here, and yeah, the guest down. was down here. Yeah. And and that that's a great way to, to break trust and sure. to like, you know, put people off of wine. They're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to have a beer. I'm just going to have like, just give me a shot of something. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, that maybe doesn't get taught enough is that there's definitely a time for upselling. There's also a time for downselling. Yeah. There's a time to say, this kid's 23. I'm going to sell him something a little bit cheaper just to get him in the water. Yeah. I don't need to push him to this expensive, exalted bottle that he's not going to understand or appreciate. Johnny Walker, Blue and Coke, bro. <laughs> hey, man, why not? Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever you want, right? Yeah. You got it, flaunt it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so the thing is, is my my buddies and I at the time, you know, we started like out by by drinking wine mostly as well, but we were eighteen and nineteen. So I skipped that step altogether. Hold on a second, that's not legal. Yeah. So what in we this figured, country, right? Well, what we figured out <laughs> when we were living in the dorms was, you know, who doesn't card? Fancy wine shops. <laughs> that's true, right? So we every month we would figure out the schedule of like, 
of their ad tastings and go to their ad tastings and we're like, yeah, we're just going to get, you know, at first it was just like, we're going to go drink a bunch of wine and, and you know, get a, get a bu- catch a buzz before we go party and, and like, I thought he was going to say before we go to class. Right. I, really yeah, I did too. Yeah, I was yeah, waiting yeah. for it. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what time were these guys doing their tastings? Right. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, and it's like, yeah, so, and you know, they don't, they don't card and, and look, and oh my God, there's 40 wines to try. Let's, let's do them all. And uh, Heritage Radio Network, nor the speakeasy, condones the, the act of <laughs> underage drinking. Yeah, go ahead, Rocky. <laughs> and, you know, it, we like inadvertently like gave ourselves a wine education. Right. And you were probably going in there, getting your free samples and then mm-hmm. buying some cheap bottle on the way out. Right. Because they, they trusted you enough thinking that you were there. Oh, this guy came to us. Oh, he must be old enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I skipped that step entirely. I, I still to this day don't really understand wine at all. I didn't start drinking until I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I jumped right into spirits. And then you dove in. Dove in head oh, first. Yeah. Dove in. Yeah. Dove yeah. in head first. Nice. Like really got deep. <laughs> and, then, so and then backed it off and examined what I was doing and started trying to figure out my life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I skipped the wine altogether. Um, so Rocky, after being Jim's whipping boy. <laughs> sure. Probably for a while. Uh, now you're this thing that you're such a known figure in our community you travel all over the country because you're the United States. North America now. North America. All yeah. three, Canada, Mexico, and the United States. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Wait, Canada's part of North America now? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, okay, that's cool. Off. They, they oh. prefer to be called America Junior. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to all my Canadian listeners. Uh, you're just our hat. Oh. Uh, um, so, uh, that's not true. I love Canada. It's awesome. And maybe wear their underwear. Oh, oh. zing. Yeah. You know? I always thought of uh, Canada was our hat and Mexico was our like goatee. Oh, nice oh. soul patch. Um, so, but but you also travel a lot to France, the the home of Pierre Ferron, um, and then you've got all kinds of juices you get to play with. Speaking of, you're Speaking about to pop of. one right now. What, yeah. you, what you got in your hand over there? Oops. There it is. So, <laughs> this is uh, our selection of Cézanne. So basically, it's you know it's just named after the angel share. This is our thirty year old blend. Thirty year old uh, blend. Yeah. So that doesn't do blends, man. half my age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blends are the best. I don't understand this notion of uh, people thinking that uh, single malt scotch... Uh, we're, we're talking about cognac right now, of course, but I don't understand this notion that people think that single malt scotches are the best. I think I think the blends are where the artistry and the, and the craftsmanship comes together. Wow, that's a big pour, you generous bastard. Well, you know, I figure we've got a while. Yeah, it's a belt. i got to go to work after this. Thank you, sir. Uh, what, you don't have an unpaid intern bar back? Oh, man. I wish I did. He needs an unpaid intern liver. I, I need that too. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, so you want to talk about this a little before we start chugging it? Sure. So, um, <laughs> so you know, like I said, thirty years old. Uh, all Grand Champagne uh, Premier Cru. Uh, right from the the heart of of cognac. Uh, that's where Grand Champagne is. And yeah, I was there. I went to Maison Ferrand when I was in France a couple of years ago. And so it's Premier Crew, for the folks out there who aren't wine nerds, including myself, that just means that it's like the best of the soils for growing the grapes. Yep. Small regions of Premier Crew, larger regions of the, of the lesser crews. Yep. Um, but on the property there, there were grapes everywhere, obviously, the vines growing. Um, and also in the corner, I saw this, this little, and it may still be there, you may know what I'm talking about, this little patch of uh, tomato plants. Oh yeah, the tomatoes. And I was like, 
Wait a minute. Those tomatoes are sacred. I was about. I was like, wait a minute. If it's if these grapes are the best grapes in the world because they're growing in this kind of strained condition mm-hmm. that they have to struggle to survive, and that makes these grapes amazing because the the soil is chalky and yes. I was like, then that must hold true for this tomato. It's also a fruit. Yep. So I snuck over to the tomato vine. I plucked one off there and I ate it. It was probably one of the best Oh my tomatoes. God, you were that guy? Probably, oh, probably so, one of the best tomatoes I've ever so had. I asked. I asked. I, I, so I went to... But so, I ducked away from the crowd. We were the crowd. I didn't want the whole crowd doing right. it. Right. But I asked. I was like, hey, can I grab one of those little cherry tomatoes over yeah. there? Yeah. My first, time, my first time at the Chateau, I also saw the patch of tomatoes. And I also went over. And they're like, yeah. Those those tomatoes are sacred. That's that's for the grounds crew. Yeah, like that's that's theirs. Yeah, no touching. I'm like, okay, got it. Yeah, I, I asked permission. I plucked one, a small one, but even the, even the tomato, all of them were a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, you know, uh, they weren't imperfect. Yeah. they were imperfect. They weren't, uh, you know, perfectly round. They were, mm-hmm. they looked like they struggled to get out of the ground, but they yes. were ripe and plump. Oh, they were. Yeah, I finally got to try one, and yes, they are, they're amazing. The, so the what, best tomatoes are always the ones that they're. You know, forbidden tomatoes. Of course, right. well, anything. Pro- yeah. Prohibit anything. Make it delicious. We we learned that lesson yeah. pretty hardcore right. in this country. And again, it is you know, prohibited. You know, or forbidden fruit in actuality. Yeah, yeah, that is true. You're very All right. Good. So I interrupted you. Talk more about the juice. Oh, so, um, you know, this uh, sees time both in our wet and dry cellars, and you know, for us, it's speak about the difference between a wet and a dry cellar uh, for the so, listener. Uh, so the wet and dry cellars are it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the level of humidity in the cellar. And also, um, we have in our wet cellar, which is which is damp and humid and dark, and, and but it's never entirely underground. It's like sem- it's like semi underground. We don't you don't want them to be completely underground because there still has to be air movement and things like that. Um, it's like a garden apartment. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Let's let's go with that. We're Laverne and Shirley, so New York. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you develop different tones in, in the wet cellar versus the dry cellar. The dry cellars, you know, you get spice and um, you get, you know, you, you get more, more of the high tones coming out of the wood. And then in the, in the wet cellar, you're getting those earthy, uh, f- earthy floral yeah. tones. Those are really, those are the ones that are coming to the fore. Huh. Neat. And yeah. how do they do that? Do they have like just open exposed water, like, like a... Uh, for, no, for the most part, it's just groundwater that's coming up through the ground because it's dirt floor oh, in the wet okay. cellar. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. All right so you're not stomping around in water, but everything's damp. Everything's damp, and you know, you you lay down some gravel yeah, chalk actually from from the soil from the soil. I don't remember that. Yeah. I guess I have to go back. Yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, it's been six years. Okay. Yeah, definitely. You're, okay. you're overdue. Oh, there um, we go. I'll see you there at Southern. Uh, well, I'm going to go down to the Tulum thing we're going to talk about. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're gonna set up Maison Ferron two in Tulum. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, mean, I hear the growing conditions there are amazing. Well, just just okay. for the chateau, right? At Maison Ferron, there's a there's a chateau right where guests can come and stay. Mm-hmm. I was invited to come there. I didn't get to stay there. Uh, I was already there on another trip, but I was invited to come back and stay there. I haven't taken them up on that yet. But right, we also have um, a really big fountain out front. It's gorgeous. It's been. T- we had to put a pool filter and pump on it because people get in it. Yeah, people, especially. Uh, the UK bartenders, they were just like piling in. We're like, well, I guess we have a swimming pool now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was done when I was there yet. No, uh, no. That's first we, I mean, first we had to clean it out and like, it's like, I guess maybe we shouldn't let the dirt pile up in there. Mm. Right. Delicious. I mean, the Brits didn't care. 
is you can see it on the label too, right? It's in yep. the it's in the little sketch of the maison, mm -hmm. and there's a big fountain right out front. Um, I got some photos that already taken that I'll post up on our Speakeasy podcast uh, um, uh, Instagram. Anyhow, um, tell us a little bit more about the tasting notes of this, and then we're gonna break away. So, um, you know, this is this is gonna be very rounded. It's gonna be, it's gonna be. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna. Yeah, do your thing. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So at thirty, you know, at thirty years, a lot of the floral tones have calmed down. They're, it's not as like as bright and up forward, up front in your face. I get some more um, tones that I would think of as being really whiskey friendly. Mm. You know, for people who, especially people who like uh, American whiskey. Mm. Um, you know, I started to get more of that. And, you know, the the caramel tones, the you know, the the vanillins are really starting to actually come out. It's funny. It's like it's it's like a soft blenum. Mm -hmm. It's like like yeah. a little wheat, like a little wheat whiskey. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't think I've noticed that before. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and, and it's things that like I've been thinking of because I mean, previous to the you know, previously it's always been like, well, you know, it's all about the grapes, and we we keep, we, we we only talk about the grapes. And what do grapes do? But at the same time, it's still you know, it's still a spirit. It's still aged in wood. And so you know, what are the other similarities that it has with other spirits? Because you know, part of, part of, uh, you know, a lot of what I need to do is try and expand uh, other people, you know, some people's minds in terms of, I know you really love whiskey, but, you know, you should really give this a whirl. Like, we've only been making it for, you know, a couple hundred years. <laughs> right. You know. It's the same thing also with, with cognac drinkers. They may have only had one style or right. two different brands or something. that it, This is already like a, a, a departure for them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I find it's a real interesting thing about, the imbiber that's not true of the consumer right people who eat food mm -hmm. which is all of us no one ever well not no one there's going to be that one asshole that's going to call in and say well i do that, <laughs> I do that. <laughs> no one ever says to themselves you know what i don't care if it's winter or summer i don't care if it's uh, my birthday or, or or new year's eve i don't care what it is i drink i drink doers on the rocks that's my thing People right. do do that. Yes. What they don't do is say, I don't care if it's winter or summer or my anniversary or 4th of July. I only eat grilled cheese sandwiches and french fries. Right. Why is that? Why do people relegate they, themselves to the way, one drink? They, they do that, but they're six years old. So, <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. you grow, you grow, <laughs> you grow out of it. absolutely happens. Yeah. yeah no, ketchup grow. is on everything. Yes, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You grow out of it. Yeah. All right. We're going to come right back uh, after some words from our sponsors and keep talking to Rocky and Donnie about, uh, well, about everything. Fuck it. Life. Let's we'll, do it. We'll be right back. 42, right? Mm-hmm. I don't go in for understanding when you are away. Can't use my heart to think away the time. In my room I will await you, and so soon I will relate you. And tie your finger right on up to mine. Sweet Josephine, you live in my dream. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Is this the only thing we're tasting? And we are back. Yep. Okay. Welcome back to the studio with uh, on the Speakeasy with uh, Rocky and Donnie. We're talking about uh, cognac and unlimited liabilities and boxes of things getting mailed to your home. Uh, and whatever, we're talking about everything. Being 42, which I'll be 42. 
Awesome. Six years ago. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there, man. You'll totally you'll get there. Yeah. Next year? Yeah. Um, if I may, while we still have something delightful in our glasses, today yeah. is, uh, is an old friend of mine's birthday. Oh, who's that? Daniel Hyatt, who passed oh. away this year. Oh, damn. And ironically, I've been thinking about him uh, the last couple of days. And on my way here, I'm on the train. And this woman passes by me. And I'm like, that looks just like this woman that used to work for for Danny back in the day and then and I've been friends with since but I'm like mm, that's interesting so just on a whim I take out my phone and I go to text her and I see that the like two texts ago from like maybe a few months ago after he passed away she was like I think I'm gonna move back to New York so I text her I'm like so did you move to New York and then I hear her laughing it was in fact her and we spent our train ride on the way here oh my gosh wow so I was just like yeah Serendipity. Hyatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that he arranged it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh. Well, yeah. So I just wanted to raise our glasses yeah, to cheers him. Cheers to that. Give him a little toast. Yeah, yeah indeed. Danny. Cheers, guys. Bing, bing. Cheers. Oh, that is delightful. Thank so, you. So, Donnie, let's talk about unlimited liability. Well, let's talk about your bar. Uh, yeah. Talk about academia right, right, right quick. Academia What's going is... On there? Uh, is like a fun downtown Austin neighborhood bar. We're in the warehouse district on fourth between Lavaca and Colorado. And, uh, it's just, it's one of those places where people ask like, you know, what's the theme? And you know, technically like our, our theme is, you know, like the, the, the Ivy league of drinking, like you come in and you, you want to learn and no one's going to talk to you about that stuff unless you really want to talk about it. It's not like a nerd bar. It's a super fun downtown bar. Um, Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, very well known for the phrase, there's no better place to get an education than at a bar. For sure. Yeah. And that education can be on any subject. Mm-hmm. You can get taught some manners. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or you can, you can learn about law. You can learn about politics. The problem is that all the and things certainly, that you're certainly teaching booze. people, you're completely unlicensed. But of course, of course. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that the, the teacher is, is me or the bartender. You can learn <laughs> that shit just by being at a bar. That is true. You can get some manners taught well, to you pretty quickly. Javiel Donahue and I, uh, <laughs> he and I are notorious for engaging in lectures on uh, maritime history of the Napoleonic Wars. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, it's very specific. Yeah. But so if really, I'm a, you can't, you can't I'm, drill that down a little bit more? If I'm a bystander, <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm a bystander I'm going to learn something from you. <laughs> right. Anyway, so academia, you're yeah. learning some stuff. So uh, we wanted to, to create that environment where people, um, you know, we, like our cocktail stations are like teaching stations. If, if either of you were to go and get behind the bar right now, it would take you about 30 seconds to figure out where everything is and run a shift. So we really wanted to do it like on either side of the bar. It's a great place to, to go and like learn awesome. it and to teach and everything. Yeah. And we set it up where, where we have um, four stations, uh, long bar, and then behind, uh, uh, back away from the actual bar seats, we have long tables where people can actually sit um, facing the bar and, and each other. So it's it's all about like gathering, like having a gathering space. But when people ask like, what's the theme of the bar? I'm like, the theme is a great neighborhood bar that happens to have great food and cocktails. You sure. know, like we don't want it to have. It's like it's not a speakeasy theme. It's not a rock and roll theme. It's not a. It's just like a great bar to come and hang out. And we had like, it was crazy. We had regulars in our our first ten days of business. We had like these two girls, one that works nearby and one lives nearby that are friends and they all meet up three times a week and come to academia and, and, and we would see, you know, between like 11 and, and close every day, 
other bar owners, other restaurant owners, um, not only from the area, but from around who had heard good things and they, they come in for the service. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's, I, I love it. It's like the most, it's the biggest honor seeing someone who comes from a place that I really admire come to your that place. come yeah. in and they're like, we love your bar. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. So Austin, get yourself over to academia, please. Now let's talk about, um, unlimited liabilities. What, what, what you got your finger in a lot of pies with that company. Um, Talk about your favorite couple. So, <laughs> favorite couple fingers or favorite couple pies? A little bit of both. Okay, great. Um, Super fan of my thumbs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're uh, not fingers, they're thumbs. Um, it's, it's turning. This is taking a turn. <laughs> um, so, Russell Davis yeah. uh, started this, uh, founded the company at the same same time that, um, actually, I don't know. I think, he, I think it was uh, 2012 or 2013. Um, and, uh, but got really busy with the show and everything like that. And then, um, he was on, um, bar rescue. Yeah. The first three seasons were yep. like m- mostly him. It felt like yep. there was a, there was a lot of wrestle on those shows and, um, was doing a lot of like side projects and wanted to have like a business to do that on the side. And, uh, we just got to chatting one day. We've been friends for years. He worked for my friend Rob in, in Austin and that's how I met him before he even moved to San Francisco. And, uh, he was like, you know, how would you like to do some projects together? And we just found that it was very easy to work together. It's sometimes very yin yang, but in a way that is like a pretty great flow. So, mm-hmm. you know, anyone that knows him well is just like, oh yeah, no, I can totally see that working. Yeah. You know, and and then it's been really fun. So, he and I are our partners in the bar, um, along with our GM and and with Rob, and uh, and we work on a bunch of different projects right now. We're we're actually um, opening. A place in Costa, in San Jose, Costa Rica. That I think unpaid is, intern barback. I'm available for. <laughs> we will most likely be be looking for a lot of unpaid um, interns. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Aren't there paid Especially interns? smart ones. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, we 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 just. It's really it's a, we have a very fun creative process. Where we get to you know dive into things um, and. And go very crazy with it, and then pull it back to like reality. I'm much more of a, of an execution person. Right. I really want to make sure what we we can do is is done well and quickly and efficiently, um, but but without losing the the creative. And Russell's like, I mean, he's crazy creative. He'll come up with all kinds of things. So it's very fun to like riff back and forth with him, and we get a lot accomplished that way. Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned was uh, Shaker and Spoon, which we're we're partners in Shaker and Spoon, and. I was a part of that before. Yeah. I'm going to be a part of that again. And and such a great, and that was such a great box too. So it's a subscription cocktail kit that comes with everything but the booze and the tools. So literally um, in it, there are three cocktails from three bartenders from around the world. And it'll be whatever base spirit for that particular month. So yours was... Amaro. Was the first one that was kind of a departure. So it wasn't just like Blanco Tequila or, um, or, you know, American Gin or, you know, like... It was Amaro, and that I mean, it, such a sweeping, wide range of different you know flavors and and textures and and bitterness really, and the three were Jägermeister, Fernet Branca, and Averna. Yeah, yeah. and so sorry, that was, that was distracting, <laughs> and um, they're they're so different from each other. So to make the, the the goal is to have these three cocktails and be able to make them with one seven fifty. So whatever bottle you buy, whatever you decide with the three bartenders recommend, you make all the drinks with that. So there's 
a dozen drinks in this little box. Each three, you can make four times each. And it's adorable. Comes yeah. with comes with everything. Comes with house, uh, house made ingredients. Comes with even came with citrus. You know, a couple of lemons to do twists. Yeah. And, yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, super fun. So, like, no pasteurized juices or anything like that. It's all, like, whole lemons, whole oranges. Um, and then, yeah, a bunch of bitters and tinctures and and uh, and house-made syrups and other things. Mine, mine had my house-made hot cocoa mix. Which was very good. And and yours was Fernet. Yeah, I, so, I picked the hardest one. Right. I figured I'm, I'm the guy who's going to pick the hard one. Well, yes and no, because you picked <laughs> the one that was, like, let, let's say somebody makes your drink with with Jägermeister. So yeah, you have that you have that bitter, but it's definitely going to be a little bit on the sweeter side. Yeah. So it was the only time that we really had to explain to people like, yes, you can do this, but keep in mind maybe you want to pull a little bit back on the simple. Oh sure. Right. So, but it was great. Like at that point, we were a couple years in, and and people were much better at those kinds of nuances. Sure. And we got a lot of positive, way more positive feedback on that than than I thought than I thought we would. Um, yeah, I was uh, you, I was asked by the team, and I was like, "You sure you want to do an Amaro box? That's a that's a tough sell." Yeah, it was it was <laughs> like it I was, had an Amaro bar. It's a tough sell. Yeah. I, I I live it. It was so great that we actually had a couple of of um, you know bidders and Amaro um, suppliers come and say like, "Hey, can we do oh, like an actual like a, a limited time box just for this?" Neat. Because they saw that it actually worked. But you'd be surprised which ones have been... Like, the Brandy one was the most successful one. It, it was nuts. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought... And we did, like... We actually did Ferrant. We did the the, the Ombra. Um, and we did a a, a, a Brandy, a, um, a Cognac, and then uh, an American Brandy. Yeah. So it was really, really interesting. Super fun. Um, yeah. Shaker and Spoon... Uh, subscription cocktail boxes you should go check it out to the Thanks, list, dude. to the listener of course no i had fun doing it and i'm doing another one yeah. uh and your next one it's coming out soon uh, uh and it's gonna be a book box right so yes. it'll be three different drinks from three different books including my book and there's a golden ticket or two there's two golden tickets three three mm-hmm. and you can win a copy of my book if you're if you get that golden ticket in yeah your, in it's your, super cool a signed copy by the way i'll sign it and uh you know Personalize it to the winner. Totally, he'll draw a little uh, smiley face. This this is I, I one of my the, glasses. One of the more interesting ones that mm-hmm. I I think that um, we've done. Where and it all started from uh, Maggie Hoffman's book, which is uh, one bottle cocktails. Yep, we had her on the show. She was a great guest. So great, yeah. And conceptually, it fits very well with Shaker and Spoon because the whole thing is like you have these. 12 drinks that you're going to make with 1750 at about a two ounce pour each boom that gives you like almost an entire bottle will make all 12 of those drinks. Yep. Um, and so, you know, all you need is these other ingredients and the, and the bottle and you're, you're golden. So it was interesting to get into that conversation because the stuff that people come up with varies. It, sometimes it's really complicated. Sometimes it's very simple, but if you think about it and the kind of drinks that I like are usually multi-spirit, drinks so to come up with a drink that's not all citrus or all sweet or um or just really basic and still only have one spirit in it it's it's a challenge yeah well um spoiler alert next year i'm involved in one of the boxes where i'm supposed to make a negroni with only gin is that too much of a spoiler <laughs> no <laughs> okay you're prepping them for next june that's a, that's a ways away yeah, it's yeah but it's gonna be really this one's gonna be very cool and uh misty and kitty's book yeah, uh, is incredible, and of course Maggie's book, and so they're they're paired not only with the books, but with a cocktail from each of these books, and it's also a gin box. So at the very minimum, you can at least get a gin and make all three of the drinks. 
yeah. technically all 12 of the drinks, but yes. Very pretty cool. pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rocky, how long are you going to be in New York City? I'm actually going to be here till Monday because... Wow. Uh, it's like you only, live here. I know. <laughs> Uh, because you know, not only am I here for uh, Brandy Week, but then it's New York Rum Fest on Saturday. Mm. Whoa, I kind of forgot because yeah. I'm drinking uh, cognac um, and beer. I'm having beer too. Perfect uh, pairing. Brandy Week. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that because we're kind of right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. How's it going? What is it? What, uh, what can what can the listener do to check it out? So uh, you can go to brandyweek.com, and uh, they've got the full schedule of events there. Uh, we've had there's been a couple of tastings, a couple of seminars already. There's there's some more coming up. Um, and Sunday, I believe, is the big uh, educational day that uh, that is coming up. Uh, for when that, is, when is yours? You have a seminar or something, right? Or um, tasting? It's it's actually where we did some tastings already, uh, but most of the seminars are actually just purely about the category. It's mm. not really brand specific, which mm. is actually kind of awesome because right, it's Brandy Week. It's not Maison Ferrand Week, right? I mean, you know, but it's Which is great. Yeah. A high tide raises all boats. Absolutely. Mm. And and you know, I mean, brandy is really such a broad subject that like I mean, you know, trying to trying to like compartmentalize it is, is really tough. And as well, I always feel like what's strange is you know, we've in the last few years like, you know, like agave has gotten really popular and we're like, "Oh, yeah, you know, we're all into that." Or, you know, or we've like gotten a lot more into rums. You know, and there's a lot of knowledge that's been passed around, but brandy, in a lot of ways, is still kind of unknown. It's like, you know, it's still like here be dragons territory for a lot of people. And sure, which is shocking given its history, how long it's right. been around. You know, and you know, just fruit ferments, then you had wine, then you burnt that wine, and you made brandy. Like, right, it's, it's been around the longest. Yeah, and it's you know just and also just this, just this so many types of brandy. You know, Calvados, Cognac, Armagnac, mm. you know, Spanish brandies. I mean, American brandies, just on and on and on and on. So you're a fine girl. <laughs> uh, so brand, so Brandy Week. There's plenty of seminars and plenty of uh, things to do. It's brandyweek.com. You said yes, uh, and we still got several days of that to go. So to the listeners that are listening live, please check out some Brandy Week events here in in New York. But it's also happening in other cities too at the same time, right? Uh, there's a couple other events, but it's mostly uh, based around New York. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I thought I saw something about Chicago with the. Uh, with uh, I think I think there's a couple. Oh, so they're doing it simultaneously. Another. I, I thought I saw something with Kelly Thorne in Chicago. Yeah, she's like she's doing some classes. Oh, that's cool out there. I mean, and Kelly's. If you're in Chicago, like go see Kelly because she's an amazing educator. Yeah, she's actually the one that did the um, the brandy box with Ferrand. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So many connections on this yep. show. <laughs> it's crazy. Booze and Jews, man. Two degrees. <laughs> Two degrees. Uh, okay, so Brandy Week we're done with, and then you're gonna you're staying here for for rum for New York Rum Fest. Rum Fest. Yeah. What, what the hell is that? So that's that's on Saturday. That's basically you know there's gonna be some classes, but mostly it's about you know coming in and tasting and you know and learning about also you know the breadth of of rum. I mean, rum may all be made from sugar, but of some sort, but uh, it's wildly different from one end to the oh, other. Oh, I think it's the broadest and most uh, cavalier category of all, mm-hmm. right? Uh, pretty much every every equatorial nation makes the stuff. Right. And they have their own rules. And some if non-equatorial. They, if they yeah, have, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they have, they, have, they have their own rules, if they have rules at all. Right. Right? So it's a very difficult category. Right, and that's your, always one of those things, on. too, is like, you know, there's always a lot of like, oh, you know, rum doesn't have rules. Like, no, rum has lots of rules. It just <laughs> depends on if... The country that you're producing it has decided to have rules. Mm. 
or to follow them. Yeah, or th- there's that too. <laughs> yeah, right? Like the, I think Rome has probably the most rules, but it's it's uh, they're separate from from island to island, from nation to nation, and yep. and then even within those, they're like I'm not following the rules. It's anyway. one of the things that makes it one of the more interesting categories mm-hmm. because agreed, like, it 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 varies so very much depending on denomination of origin and so. I've gotten I've gotten a, a small amount of flack about my book kind of glossing over Rome, but I even say in the Rome chapter. Um, probably misquote myself. I say like, "Yo ho ho!" Here's my here's my chapter about Rome, but I'm kind of going to gloss over it because it deserves its own book. Yes, right. So I just kind of touch touch it. I'm paraphrasing myself here, but, but when, right. I'm, when I'm when I'm you know I left room to, for a second well, book. And, you know, I, I mean, what I did is leave room for a second book. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, you always have to have room for that. Leave him wanting more. Then I write a prequel. Right. It's nice. And yeah. you know, those always and, work out. And there's always, you know, there's there's always. I mean, Wayne Curtis put out the second edition of you know, in a bottle of rum. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I what looked at that. And like, that I asked, I asked him like, do I need how many? Do I actually need to buy a new copy of this second edition? Or wait a second, you you asked the author, do I need to buy? Of course, another he copy? said yes. He's well, gonna be know, like, no, nah, you're said, good. <laughs> he said, Rocky, you need to buy several copies and give them to your team. Yeah, this, this is true. And this is exactly what happened. Yeah, she's smart. Um, so is that a centrally located thing, Rome um, Fest? Yes. Uh, it's going to be at uh, SOB's. SOB. On, uh, it's on Varick, you said? Yeah, on Varick, yeah. And that's basically all day on Saturday. That's um, fun. Cool. Uh, and you'll be there with Plantation. Yep, we'll be there with Plantation Rum. Because I think maybe the listener doesn't recognize that Maison Ferrand, of course, is the big cognac house, but they also are Plantation Rums. Mm-hmm. Plantation as well, Rums. As well as Citadel Gins. Yep, and Mathilde Liqueurs and, uh, and our right. dry curacao and... I mean, you know, uh, Drone Calvados and Serbo Armagnac. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. It's you just have to say it with a French accent. Um, Plantation. Plantation, yeah. Plantation. <laughs> well, and that's always the funny thing. So Guillaume, you know, who runs, uh, who runs the Americas for Maison Ferron, he's always like, you know, I'm just going to stop hiring French guys. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> like, I was like, no, 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 no. We're a cognac house. Yeah. We need, I, need, I need someone with a French accent to trot out every now and then, and you don't want to hear mine because it's terrible. Or as you would say, exacrable. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. So Saturday, Rum Fest, all day long at uh, SOB on Varick Street. I'll be bartending Saturday night, as always, at Windmill, my newest bar, which is open now 44 days, 45 days. Muscle tough. Thank you. Uh, and Windmill, uh, we talked about it off the air, Rocky Windmill's my my sort of homage to France, mm-hmm. right? It's a French-inspired bar. We've got plenty of cognac, uh, Calvados, Pinot de Chiron, Chartreuse. Uh, sounds like the perfect place to go during Brandy Week. Rome's with an H. It sounds like yeah. the perfect place to go for Brandy Week and Rome Fest. I wish I'd have known yeah. about these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, you have, do you have like a, a bunch of like your neighbors in there too? Uh, I don't have a... Uh, Are we I, just I, doing French windmills? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just French windmill. Well, my partner's name is Pierre Moulin, which means mill or windmill. Oh, there you go. Peter Windmill is his American name. Um, <laughs> so I just like the name. Wow, you know, that's... Very, yeah, that's strong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just like the name. It was, uh, you know, uh, our friends over at uh, Nama, Tamir, over there at Lighthouse. Just very iconic name. Mm-hmm. And when, when we were talking about this place, we didn't really have a name. And I was just like, why don't we just call it after you? Why don't we just call it the windmill? And then we drop the the, so it's just windmill. Love it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, it it's like it has an evocative nature, just just being an iconic thing. Anyway, a uh, little Frenchy bar. So uh, Brandy Week is wrapping up, and the uh, Rum Fest is all day that day. Afterwards, come over to to Windmill and check me out. I'll be serving some some drinks that involve both those things. That sounds like a perfect plan. Yeah, that's it's, do you have it kind any, of coincides with both. Do you have a drink called Don Quixote or no, you, no, no, really. not yet, okay. not yet, soon. Okay. Um, on the 50th day. Yes. Yeah, we'll get there. 
Uh, I always wanted to do uh, a drink competition. Um, and I gave this idea to, to Don Q, you know. It's like, look, you're a totally different style of rum. So I'm okay, I'm okay with giving this one. Um, but I wanted to do a drink competition where you had to sing I, Don Quixote while making a drink. Sure. And even better, <laughs> if you can sing both Don Quixote and Sancho Panza's part yourself. <laughs> yeah, extra points. Yes. I mean, you can have an assistant, an un- another unpaid intern yeah, barback. Yeah, intern barback. Or have a sweet drink called Dulcinea, you know? Yes. There's a lot of options. A lot of options. Yeah. There's no end in sight to how we could cram puns and literary references onto the menus of bars. Uh, that is true. <laughs> yes. I saw that show with my folks years ago. I think it was like in high school. With uh, Raul Julia and Sheena Easton. Wow. wow. It was amazing. Holy crap. Yeah. At the That's, Orange County Performing Arts Theater, I might, might right. add that. As a too. high school student, did you have a full appreciation of it, or do you appreciate I, it years later? No, no, I did at the t- I did at the time. Yeah. Um, this was like I think right pre like Adam's Family, Raul Julia, but but my folks used to play that kind of stuff all the time, so I already right. knew all the songs and stuff, so it was kind of fun. And then I was a huge James Bond fan, and Sheena Easton did for your, your eyes yeah. only. And so, you know, I mean... Pretty much one of the greatest, like, Bond theme songs. Pretty much, it's up there. I mean, listen, it's no Duran Duran, but what are you going to do? Hey, you know. What are you going to do? What is? This is true. Yeah. I mean, and, and but Raul Julia, I always, every time he comes up, I always think about how his last movie was Street Fighter, and you're just like... Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, you're just like, <sighs> like, on you know, for, like, ways for an actor to go out, you're just like... Right. Listen, I'm not I'm not an, an actor. So if my if I were in a film and it was my one and only film and it was with Jean Claude Van Damme, I'd be pretty stoked. True. But if I were Raul Julia, I'd be like, damn it. That yeah. was my last film. Right. Yeah. This is where it yeah. ends. Sorry, Jean Claude. I know that you listen to the show religiously and I, I really apologize He's for a big it. Fan. I love Belgium. We'll see you soon. <laughs> he is a big fan. Yeah. Uh, guys, you have any uh, social media you want to plug before I wrap us up? Um, you know, you can follow my antics on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, antics. Love it. Yeah, sure. We'll call them antics. Mm-hmm. You know, occasional shenanigans, rant, shenanigans <laughs> rants, whatever, random stuff. Um, you know, at Rock Doggy Dog. It's just uniform across them all. <laughs> Rock Doggy Dog on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Grinder, Thrinder. You're on them all. <laughs> what the, what's Thrinder? <laughs> it is exactly what you think it is. Fantastic. Okay. I, I don't. That's fine. Thrinder? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> For the folks at home, that was really visual. Anyway. <laughs> I, just held up the, I just held up three fingers. Thrinder. Three or more. Uh, how about you, Donnie? Uh, my, my stuff is all different. So just mm, name check, the one out, you want the most. check out Academia Austin and uh, a project that we're actually working on right now. When you were talking about like the, the, the history of Brandy, it immediately made me think of um, Yenever, actually, which is a project that we're working on sure. with, the, with the EU to promote uh, education of the category in the U.S. for the next three years. Are you talking to F- Philip Duff about this? Philip Duff is aware of it. And in fact, um, he the distillery where he's making his, which is Herman Janssen, yep. actually has the Notaris as part of this project. So although it is, is not brand affiliated, there are yeah. brands that are part of the project. But... Uh, there are these really incredible category ambassadors around the country, seven cities, well, four Duff states. Duff is a champion for the category. He's, yeah. 
Oh yeah, and 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 his product. The funny thing is, like his product, if you were to put it in the in the lineup with the other ones that are part of the project, um, still fills another gap that's not there. So yeah. for those for those who um, you know maybe have only been familiar with bowls for the past ten years. Um, which still has its place right smack dab in the middle of that lineup. It's shocking, like how different these things of are, course, and how yeah. little everyone knows, including myself, about about Unaver. In fact, there's one that is like so cognac-y. and it, like if you pop it into cognac cocktails, mm-hmm. you're like, this is. I mean, wouldn't be surprised just because, like, just the sheer amount of cognac that was exported to Holland. You know, sure. like back in the day. Right. And the flavor profile they're looking for. And they're now doing like seven tier, 17 year aged malt spirit and stuff like that. It's it's really incredible. So, uh, you know, if you're in L.A., Chicago, San Francisco, New York, uh, Dallas or Houston or Miami, um, those are the cities. And you sh- should, you know, see if you can get one of the trainings. It's really incredible. They're doing an amazing job. Is there a website or what? Uh, it's called Geneva's of Europe, but, okay. um, you know, you can, you can hit me up either at Academia Austin or at D Ronen, D R O N E N. And I will connect you with those folks. They're, they're pretty right. great. Sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. Upcoming shows include, but aren't limited to, we got Kevin Beery from three dots in a dash coming next week. Uh, the following week we got, uh, Paul Finn. Uh, he's going to talk to us about hospitality and healthcare. Uh, Johnny Schuler of, uh, Caravedo Pisco. Uh, possibly with Francine Cohen, going to sit in on, on that one. Um, and then uh, then a lot of weird stuff going on for me. I'll be in Chicago doing a thing with Amaro Montenegro at uh, Best Intentions, uh, book signing and uh, uh, the Barrow Bartender Competition I'll be a judge of. I'll be in Portland for uh, Portland Cocktail Week. I'm going to be the Dean of Hospitality and Bartending. <laughs> seems Excellent. Like, seems like a shock to ask me to do that. Um, dean of Students. Not too long after that, we got yeah, <laughs> Dean of Students. Not too long after that, we got Jillian Vos. Uh, she's going to come on and talk about her book uh, with the Dead Rabbit that's coming out. So lots of cool stuff. Also later uh, next month, I'm going to be teaching a class at Liquor Lab right here in New York City, where we're going to do uh, four cocktails and different techniques right out of my book. Uh, and then every person who comes to the class will get to make those drinks with me. Um, we'll have some snacks in between and some Q&A, and then everybody gets to walk out with a copy of the book as well. So lots of cool things going on. Please follow us at uh, Speakeasy Podcast on uh, Instagram. Uh, I'll post some photos from today's show, uh, links to all these things, and, and you can ask us questions there for any of the upcoming shows. Damon will be back uh, next week for sure. Um, now that he lives on the opposite coast, we'll be doing a lot more recorded episodes and uh, sort of man-on-the-street interviews. So stay tuned for that uh, new style of of uh, content coming from us here at the Speakeasy. Uh, tune into Heritage Radio Network, uh, or rather log into heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the beating heart to donate to, to keep shows like this one and many others on the air. Uh, and thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that It's gonna get you some in the air. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. 
Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.